0: Episode 88 of This Developing Story. What's up, y'all? It's Dougie back again with another episode of this podcast. And uh, (laughs) I am uh, excited to intro you to Jason Docton, who is uh, someone who was introduced to me by Theo, who is our guest for episode 85. Um, Remember, Theo was the pro skater to programmer. Uh, He actually got involved in a project through the Open Source Raid Guild, which is a whole other conversation that I'll hopefully have on this podcast in the future. But Theo was super impressed with this person that he DM'd me right after we had chatted and said, hey, if you're looking for more guests, you definitely need to talk to Jason. Jason is a nonprofit founder uh, has been working in the gaming space uh, specifically on Twitch and Twitch streamers and t- getting them um, access to free mental health care and uh, decided he wanted to put a site together for for his project. And uh, turns out he could not find an engineer that was cheap enough that he could leverage or a consultancy that he could leverage. So he ended up teaching himself. And uh, without further ado, let's learn how to uh, build his site.
1: Uh, So I started Rise Above the Disorder, the nonprofit that I work for almost 10 years ago, actually.
0: Explain to us what that is and what uh, what the focus is there.
1: Sure, sure. So Rise Above the Disorder was at one point a World of Warcraft guild that was focused on crowdfunding therapy for each other. Um, People would join and we'd help them find great therapists and then try and cover the cost of those therapists and uh, over time it just really took off um, it evolved so so quickly we did this huge fundraiser with the band imagine dragons at some point um we were just a a guild and they they had offered to do this fundraiser for us if we became a nonprofit. So the, the nonprofit really grew from that moment and we've pretty much stuck with that. Um not based in, in any particular game or any particular space, but just this continued effort to help people find therapists and pay for said therapists. It's almost um like our approach to a universal mental health care system. So my question to you, Jason,
0: is uh, I, I wanted I just uh, catch up with your last two months. Um, actually, no, we're in November. So since August, is that uh, that's three months? My math is off. Uh, what what pushed you towards wanting to learn how to code?
1: Um, frustration. <laughs> um, yeah, I I was. Trying to get a new website for us, I, I hated how our website looked and how our website functioned. It, you know, if we're trying to make healthcare accessible, it it wasn't really thematic or on brand, I guess, for our website to be super inaccessible. Um, but everybody that I was talking to, these big agencies, wanted huge sums of money, money that I just couldn't justify and. We finally got some really good uh, people to help do this pro bono, um, but it took, I think, that it took them almost a year. And when we got the site back, it just still wasn't really usable. And at that point, I was just kind of fed up. I had been telling my team over and over again, you know, we're getting a new website. I, we'll, we'll get it soon. So I started looking into building it myself. Um, I looked at Webflow, started playing around with Webflow. And at first it felt really good. Like I could express what was coming to my mind. I could design it. Um, But then it just didn't really make sense. It felt really constrained once I started to get it. Uh, So I wanted to be able to do much more. Um, Started messing around with Figma and learning how to design better things in Figma, um, but the only way I could really get this to go from something designed in Figma to exactly what I you know, I wanted it to be was to learn how to actually engineer it. So I, I don't know how or what I was looking for when I stumbled across this word, but uh, I just kept seeing Jamstack over and over and over again. Everything I was looking up for websites, Jamstack. I was like, what in the hell is a Jamstack? I don't know. Let me let me try and figure this out.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome too as well. And so my guess my question is did you have any prior like development or coding experience? No. Okay. Wow. Okay. So you so from August when you t- stumbled into Jamstack, got into Next.js, and then found a design system which was tailwinds. Uh, did you do any sort of basic understanding of like JavaScript and like web and UI?
1: Like nope. I actually didn't know JavaScript at all, Um, maybe until halfway through the site, Um, because I I just wasn't thinking from that perspective. I I was looking at things and reworking them and seeing that as the language that I was speaking. Um, uh, Over time, you know, it clicked that hey, this all looks the same, it's all .js, what exactly is .js? Some of these things are .tsx, and I actually remember hating TypeScript so much because it seemed to get in the way. Um, I'd be looking through somebody's code and trying to rework something, and it, it would be really good, but it wouldn't be everything I needed, so I'd find another repo to look through, that was similar and continued where I needed to go. So, you know, maybe it was some kind of of, um, backend API that I was looking at. And then one repo would have it all in .ts and .tsx, and then the other would have it in .js. And it was just different enough for me to be super confused. And every time I saw .tsx, I was like, great, this this is useless. I can't, I don't know what this means, so. I got to find a .js version of this to figure out. Yeah. And I mean, I guess
0: maybe it was it because you already had like a a company and a product that you were sort of more hyper-focused and didn't spend the time of like comparing Vue versus React and TypeScript versus JavaScript?
1: I guess. I I feel like I I spent a a decent amount of time trying to compare them and, and figure out what the difference was, but not... I guess, in the traditional sense, Um, I didn't really look through courses to try and figure them out. Uh, I looked through how many people used them and who seemed to be using them. Um, I've just always had that uh, as a habit that I do whenever I want to learn something or or do something. I really look for who are the, the big people that others look up to within the space? What are they using? Yeah. And, you know, being able to see through the things that they're using for fun versus the things that they constantly fall back on. And so, you know, I'd see people, buildings felt components that were really popular in the space. And I'd see some people showcasing Vue and, and doing all kinds of stuff. But at the end of the day, most people fell back on to, this same stack that I kept seeing. Uh, They were using Tailwind even though at the time it it seemed like it was still experimental to them, Um, but they kept falling back on it anyways. Uh, Next.js was in that, and of course React just seemed to be the base of of all of these. Most people don't actually approach it this way. I don't know if you know how much of an anomaly you are.
0: One, being able to get a site up and running in a couple months uh, from absolutely zero is not common, but also, most people get stuck, and this is if a common occurrence, especially boot camp grads, new code learners, code newbies, they spend way more time trying to make sure if their decision is the right decision. It's like the, um, I don't know what your background is, and I was going to ask what your background is uh, before um, this nonprofit, but like, I used to play music in high school. Uh, and a lot of times, when you like create a band or you, you create a group, you spend way more time working on the album cover than actually making music. And I think with sometimes with code, you could spend way more time like thinking about the website and what what to do use to actually build a website than actually building a website. And like you actually pursuing this and shipping something. Like I, I know other folks who tried going to go into the technical. Um, founder or, or leader route with no technical experience and they spend like years of just like tinkering around before they actually jump in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm realizing increasingly how much of an anomaly uh, my, my approaches or, or how I, I do things in general. Um, but with the, the background side, uh, my background is in biopsychology. So you know, really specifically looking at how some of the issues that we experience with our mental health look like um, look like within the brain, in the body. Um, in particular, you know, I was really focused on a, a subfield called epigenetics and starting to understand how stress can change in real time, um, the very genetic makeup of us, how that can be passed on, how that can be addressed before passing on, and trying to look at depression in a very different light. Um, the, the, in light of it being say a disease that can be addressed. Um, but I think some of that background really gave me a very programmatic or programmatic approach, trying to essentially look at something that is nearly intangible. Um, you know, being able to see depression is, is a, a tough thing, <laughs> but being able to come up with solutions anyways, being able to think about these things and to build from that knowledge base, uh, I think has been very helpful. Um, but I think some of it too is, is just, you know, to, to be blunt trauma, um, you know, learning the hard way, what happens when we make mistakes and, being very, very particular about finding the the solution to a problem before presenting any kind of solution that I could get ridiculed for. Uh, so I just got very, very good at doing that. Um, but I think there's this other component to that where, thankfully, I guess, in, in my case, there is still a push to actually um, – ship that instead of some anxiety towards shipping at all. So I think most people will, you know, st- have that same kind of anxiety where they want to perfect something. They want it to be good and, and they want to avoid, you know, any kind of criticism or, or uh, people being upset with them, but it leads to pretty much being stuck. Um, you either procrastinate or you over-prepare. So you do research on, What is the best component library to use right now? What is the best language to learn right now? I I have just a a good enough balance, I suppose, where there's enough anxiety to actually just go and ship it as soon as possible that I have, like, a stopping point.
0: Yeah, I mean, that... that that is good. And it's possible that, you know, there. your background and sort of also leading an organization and having other requirements throughout your day, um, that you can sort of time box yourself. Um, which I'm, I'm curious, how do you manage, how do you, being a founder of a nonprofit, but also building a website and learning how to code, how do you do time management?
1: So a lot of my stuff is time boxing. Um, Sometimes an Eisenhower matrix, if I feel like I'm really, really stuck on prioritizing or knowing what to prioritize, Um, but almost always it comes down to themed days and those themes being divided into the main things that I want to be working on and accomplishing and then time boxing specific tasks related to those things. Um, I, I tend to be a pretty exhaustive, um, organizer, too. And so it, one of the things that I'm working on right now is creating a, a whole new electronic health records and intake system for our nonprofit. Um, nothing really exists for what we do. Most of these things are focused on billing first, and we don't charge for anything. So the whole like core philosophy of a lot of these existing softwares just doesn't match for us. But in trying to to build all of this, um, there's a ton of research that can be done. There's a ton of, of scoping that can be done, rethinking what stack is necessary for this, how to make this usable, not just for us, but to have it be open source so we can empower other people who want to start similar platforms or start their own clinics somewhere, um, all of this you know is is stuff that you can get completely lost into. So time boxing has been very beneficial in in that way. Um but I almost always start with it just a complete write up. So I have like a Notion folder that is yep, a Notion folder that is completely filled exhaustively with everything. Um so there's a whole section on how to support this project as a mental health professional, how to support this as a developer, how to support this as a designer, a general client outline and what we expect the user flow for them to be, what the user flow should be for our social workers, what the backend API should do and what it's expected to do, the whole breakdown of the what we call SMART goals, the specific measurable achievable time, down, uh, time bound everything. I uh, <laughs> like spend a whole week just going through and writing down exactly what is in my mind. Um, and I think that's really important to do because so much of the stress uh, around doing something comes from the lack of clarity and feeling like you don't have any clarity. So I have, you know, this is my my week timeline to exhaustively go through this. And after that week's over, that that's it. I can't touch this anymore. I need to step away, and I'll just have to iterate over it in the future.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that is a good approach because I know I mean myself included. Like I've got a bunch of side projects. I don't have any any sort of startups or anything like that, but I have some open source projects that uh, I spend weeks and even as an experienced programmer, weeks and months working on the same thing, the same feature, the same sort of angle or the same website. Um, and I don't think I really do much of time box. I just sort of find free time and then jump on it and then get disappointed when I'm not done.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I know that feeling it, um, I, I think, and that's what the, the secret, you know, successes in time boxing is there's, there's the mental space that you've created for yourself you know, when I get through a day and I've, you know, today was maybe focused on this particular project, you know, I feel really good at the end of the day, having worked through that. I know next week, that same day, I'm going to work on that again. So if I missed anything, you know, I'll still have another chance at it, but I can let go of that when I go into tomorrow focused on something else. I, I know that today is the day for this and everything else isn't relevant right now. So I get to just be completely invested into one thing at a time.
0: And it's mainly because that skill set is, it, as you mentioned, is super valuable. Like you saved a ton of money, not going to a, a consultancy to get your site up and running. Um, and now you, you, today you, you're sitting here with a, a, a website, which, um, we haven't even said the, the, the site URL, but it's a, Eurorad.org. <laughs> and, uh, so how, hypothetically, how much money did you save teaching yourself how to code uh, and getting this site up and running?
1: Oof, um, that's, that's tough to say. I, I think one of the quotes that we had got was from a, a very, very successful agency in the nonprofit space. Um, and it, was, it wasn't a complete quote. It was kind of a minimum order of 200,000. Okay. Um, Wow. That's a lot. You know, and I think people are able to upsell on that because agencies in general, you know, bring together a lot of unique skill sets. Sometimes the value is, is there, sometimes it's not, but you know, you, you very quickly, I think, learn when you're going into building a website uh, from a full stack perspective, that there's a lot of things you don't typically account for? What kind of grid spacing are you using? Is this an, you know, an eight-point model or are you using the four-point model that's increasingly trending? What's your typography look like? What font are you using? What color scheme are you using? Is everything accessible? Can people tab through this? Did you put all your ARIA labels on there? You know, is your backend secure? Is anybody going to see any kind of keys getting exposed? And now you got to look at the copy for this, the, the photos for this. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just so much there. I can see how stuff like this would scale and be very expensive. And if you have experts in each and every one of those individual areas coming together, you know, to lend their, their expertise for sure. Um, but yeah, we just, we didn't have that kind of money. So I'd rather become an amateur expert in each of those areas um, and ship a slightly, you know, like I guess a a serviceable version of each individual area.
0: Yeah, no worries. Uh, Jason, do you have any advice for folks who uh, may be in a similar position? uh, They're looking at a problem uh, with limited to no coding expertise is
1: very, very much the approach someone should take. I, I think there's a tendency for, for a lot of people to, you know, have have something in mind um, or have like a general theme in mind and try and approach that versus having a very specific goal in mind and trying to work the solution from that. Um, I think learning from that perspective gives you a, a huge leg up uh, because you inevitably master so many things in that direction, It also... Gets you out of the habit of sticking with only the tools, you know, um, because you, your your goal is outside of those tools. So there's no kind of um, bias towards just sticking with this. Uh, so I think how I started to learn Svelte actually is because it seemed like it could have been the best tool for what the intended goal was versus I, I have a hammer. That's all I know how to use. So that's all I'm going to use.
0: Excellent. Y'all, if you uh, were not inspired about Jason's story and how he learned how to code on his own, did a lot of Googling, learned Next.js, learned TypeScript eventually, learned React, uh, and now has shipped the entire website to support his nonprofit, which is urrad.org. If you didn't get the URL, urrad.org is um, an awesome place that's giving help to folks who need mental health services so it's expanded outside his own guild uh into twitch streamers and and into now programmers so uh check it out also uh follow jason on twitter which is jason Docton. um reach out to him if you were impressed inspired by the story give him a follow and let him know how much you appreciate what he's doing for the community because i think this is a, a big deal and uh i think he, sh- he should definitely get some validation for all the work he's put in so without further ado follow me on twitter bducky yo uh, catch me in my next space we're gonna have some regular spaces uh on a regular occasion so you definitely want to be following over there and set, set up uh, some notifications so uh, when we're alive all right see you in the next one